I want to talk to you, give you a little bit of history about how Thanksgiving happened. And then I want to talk to you briefly about the power that is in being thankful. And so let's pray together. I'm going to read one verse and then we'll pray. Psalms 107, verse 1. Since it's only a brief verse, read it out loud with me. Like you're the one preaching tonight, all right? Ready? Give thanks to the Lord, for he is good. His love endures forever. Can we just give thanks to the Lord? Amen? Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, we just thank you for your blessing tonight on the word of God and on this time where we come together to thank you, to set the stage and set the mood and set the scene for Thanksgiving Day. Lord, I pray that tonight as we hear the word, as we see what you had to say about being thankful, that Lord, you will help us to do it all year long, that it'll become a holy habit. And I thank you, Lord, for helping us in Jesus' name. Amen. Turn your neighbor and tell him, I'm thankful for you. All right, how, how did we as a nation come to this holiday? All right, it happened in 1827. In 1827, a magazine editor and a writer named Sarah jo- Josepha, I, I think that's it, Josepha, Josepha, Sarah Josepha Hale, who was famous for writing the very familiar nursery rhyme, Mary Had a Little Lamb, launched a campaign to establish Thanksgiving as a national holiday. One woman. Now, I want you to look at the power of one person deciding to do something strong, great, powerful, lasting, significant. One person. For 36 years, she published numerous editorials and sent uh, scores of letters to various governors and senators and presidents and other politicians. So everybody say with me, 36 years. Now, now that's a long time to persevere with something. She, she was sending them all these letters saying, look, there needs to be a national holiday where we give thanks, where we give thanks, where we thank God. Finally, she reached one politician, Abraham Lincoln who finally heeded her request in 1863 at the very height of the Civil War when America needed it most, and in a proclamation entreating all Americans to ask God to, quote, here's what Lincoln said he was encouraging the nation to do, to commend to his tender care, to God, that is, God's tender care, all of those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers, in the lamentable or lamentable civil strife and to heal the wounds of the nation. After 36 years, somebody finally said, okay, that woman persevered. So don't ever think that you can't make a difference that is so powerful. Just you, you by yourself. If you take a stand, look at what can be done. One woman gave us what we're about to enjoy in two weeks, two weeks, two days. Time is flying for me, let me tell you. So Lincoln scheduled Thanksgiving for the final Thursday in November, and that's how it all went down. Now, I think you would agree with me that we have arrived as a nation in need of the very same exhortation to prayer for the suffering and the wounded in our nation who are suffering in body, suffering in soul. 
For instance, and I could go on all night with the examples, but here's a big one. All of those in California who now mourn over the loss of loved ones and of all their worldly goods, over the raging fires that engulfed that state in the last days that we have watched on the news and read about and just been in an unbelievable catastrophe. And right now they're looking for a thousand unaccounted for. A thousand. Think of, think of all the extended family members, all that are involved in, in those thousand missing. Thousands and thousands more are hurting and need prayer. And then there's the hate and the unrest that festers like a cancer in a nation bitterly divided on political issues. And it seems, doesn't it, like hardly a week passes that we don't turn on the news or open up the news that we read and see that yet another mass shooter has opened up and slain a bunch of innocent people. There was another one just today I read about in Chicago. Another one took place. And sometimes I think we wonder, what can I do? What can we do to make a difference in a world that looks like it's gone mad? You ever wake up and feel like you're at that movie so long ago? It's a mad, 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 mad world. I really feel like that's true now. It's a mad, mad, mad world. It's crazy. People are doing crazy things, saying crazy things, believing crazy things. The Bible has an answer for America. We can turn to the God of Scripture. Now, I want you to hear me tonight. I believe there's only one answer. I don't believe there's a bunch. I believe there's one. And the one answer is the one God of the Bible, the holy God, the creator God, who sent his only begotten son to die for us, the one true God of creation. And if we call out on him, there is nothing more powerful and there's nothing that cannot be done if God is moved to act. And he's moved by the prayers of his people. Now, think, think with me for a moment. God can do anything he wants. He's sovereign. He can do anything that he wants. But the vast majority of what God does, 98% of what he does, is an answer to prayer. And I believe it begins with recovering what is almost extinct in our world. I think I can safely say the word I'm about to give you is extinct, almost extinct in America. And that is the word thankful. Being thankful. Thanksgiving. We're in a mean, nasty, dark, cruel, vindictive, vengeful world. If you're looking for mercy in this world, good luck. Because you're only going to find mercy at the throne of grace where we obtain mercy and find the grace to help us in the hour of need. And you'll find mercy in the church if they're walking with Jesus. But apart from him, I don't see much mercy out there. I see meanness. I see vindictiveness. I see hard, calloused hearts. And unthankful people, I believe almost extinct in our world today, is the attitude of gratitude, an attitude of thanksgiving, being truly thankful. The Bible says in Romans 1, and I believe Romans 1 is one of the most profound chapters ever written anywhere in any book, but it happens to be in our holy word of God. But Romans 1 says, because that when they knew God... They glorified him not as God. Now, notice they knew him, but they didn't glorify him as God. They knew that he was there, but they wouldn't glorify him as God. Neither were they thankful. Now, notice what happened. Look what follows on the heels of not being thankful. They became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish hearts were what, everybody? 
darkened. What preceded that? Not being thankful, not thanking God. That's what preceded that. The downward spiral of a nation or a people or an individual, I believe, begins with not being thankful. You know, they studied juvenile delinquents in, ju- in the juvenile homes across America. They, they did a study of them. And they said the one outstanding characteristic of a juvenile delinquent was they were not thankful. They felt entitled to what they had. They weren't thankful. When thanksgiving toward God disappears, darkness rushes in. We often say nation abhor- or nature abhors a vacuum. That's really true. When God goes out, darkness comes in. God is light. When he goes out, darkness comes in. When God comes in, darkness goes out. Romans 121, notice what he says. This is so powerful to me. He says, when they weren't thankful, they became futile in their thoughts. You know what that means? Their thinking got them nowhere. They were were like on a hamster's wheel in their thinking. They could not think productively. It was futile. Their thinking was futile. And their foolish hearts were were cast into spiritual darkness. Now, from this perilous ledge, the unthankful civilization Paul had focused on found itself on the slippery slope. Look look how how they went down and further down and even further down. When they weren't thankful, their thoughts became futile, their hearts became darkened. And then it says in the Bible, in Romans 1, they went down into sexual depravity And they ended up with minds that could not think straight. It's called a debased mind or a depraved mind. And that means a mind that that cannot put two and two together anymore. A mind that can't think straight anymore. A mind that cannot judge right from wrong anymore. That's what it means. A mind devoid of judgment. And this happened as the final rung on the ladder, where at the top of the ladder, you quit being thankful and down you went. Now look at America. And I got to tell you tonight, I got to tell you, come on, are many people in our country unable to think straight anymore? I mean, come on, everybody, let's be honest. I mean, I could give examples. I don't want to offend anybody here tonight, but some of the things that people come off with are, are just crazy, but they say it with a straight face and they really believe it. There's no logic, no common sense, no rationale, but, but they say it, they believe it. And you, and you, you realize Maybe they've got a depraved mind because when you, when you finally end up with a depraved mind at the bottom of the rung of starting with not being thankful, you get that depraved mind, you can't think straight anymore. You lose your ability to conclude that's right, that's wrong, that's good, that's bad. We're there. So that makes me want to be thankful right there, amen? Amen. So amongst the many positive things I could say about being thankful, let me give you a quick three before we partake of communion. The first one, being thankful reminds us of where our blessings come from. Amen? Where our blessings come from. Isn't it funny how we think that, that we, we are the, the prime, primary cause of our blessings. But you know what the Bible says? Every good and every perfect gift comes down from the Father of lights. If it's good, if it's perfect, if it's a blessing, if it's healing, if it's right, if it's righteous, if it's redemptive, if it's honest, if it's pure, it comes down from God. It comes down from God. And how good is he? 
He is so good, he makes his sun to rise on the evil and on the good. And he sends his rain on the just and on the unjust. Yet our world, we have people out there, they're blessed every day. God says in the word of God, says the, the goodness of God is, is, is out to make them repent. The goodness of God is being poured out on, on the wicked in hopes that they will look up and say, wow, God's being so good to me. And they repent. That they'll be won by the goodness of God. And every day, God makes his rain fall on the unjust. Every day, he makes his sun rise on their wicked lives in hopes that they will turn. Because he's a good God. That's why we sing, he's a good, good father. That's who he is. That's who he is. Amen? Second thing about thankful. Being thankful helps us keep our troubles in balance. Now, we all have troubles. Anybody in here totally trouble-free, I want to meet you, and I want you to lay your hands on me when church is over. I want some of what you've got. If you're totally trouble-free, I don't know anybody that's trouble-free, because we live in a troubled, demon-infested, sin-infected world. Amen? But have you ever noticed that unthankful people are always counting their troubles? You get around them, well, there's some people, listen, I do not want to talk to them for long, because what you're going to hear is all the troubles, all the troubles, everything that's wrong. But thankful people count their blessings. Thankful people count their blessings. Some people are just this way. Being thankful prevents you from being overwhelmed with the negatives of life. If you just stop to think, you know, the bunch of negatives, well, you know, I don't have enough to pay my bills. My car keeps breaking down. My kids have gone crazy. I've got all these things going wrong. If you stop and think, though, I promise you, if you're a child of God, there's a silver lining of grace somewhere in your life. The grace of God is working. The grace of God is moving. The grace of God is in operation in your life. And, and God is never freaking out or panicked about what, is, what, what you're experiencing. God has everything under control. And, and when we stop to say, okay, yeah, I got some negatives, but let me just, let me thank God for the good that is there. I've got this. I mean, he, he blessed me here and he blessed me there and he did this and he did that. I got out of bed today healthy. Thank God. Listen, the fact that you're here tonight and you could get here tonight and you had a car to get here tonight and you, you are alive tonight is the blessing of God. You say, well, I just can't think of anything, Jeff. Well, let me ask you, are you saved? You can start right there. You can kickstart Thanksgiving right there with thanking God that you're saved because there was the greatest day in your life when the mercy of God and the grace of God came knocking and the Holy Spirit convicted you and you looked up and you said, Jesus, forgive me, come into my heart. And that day that you were delivered from the kingdom of darkness and transplanted into the kingdom of God's dear son and you received life and salvation and redemption and you're heaven bound now and not hell bound, you can begin to thank God right there and have a benefit. If you're focused on the good things God has done, it saves you from the lie that everything is bad and gloomy, and why even try, and why even get out of bed, and why go to work. I'm never going to get that raise. I'm never going to get anything better. Life stinks. So do I. (laughs) Boo-hoo, and you play your violin. Have you ever noticed when you have a pity party, God never comes? You send him invitations, but he never comes. No, God comes to faith parties. Amen? God comes to praise parties. 
God comes to Thanksgiving parties. In the Psalms, I noticed today that David has a negative thought. He thinks a negative thought. And here's what was going through his mind. Will the Lord turn away forever? Will he never show favor again? Has his loving kindness stopped forever? Has his promise come to an end for all time? Has God forgotten to be loving and kind? You want to grab David and say, hey, what are you thinking? But then he stops. He stops this negative train of thought. And look at what he says. I will remember. Everybody say, I will remember. What will he remember? The things the Lord has done. Notice he didn't say, I'm, I'm going to remember more bad stuff. I'm going to remember what they did to me, how they stuck me, how they betrayed me, how they walked out on me, how they hurt me. No. He said, here I am. I'm having a, a real negative thought pattern here. So I'm going to break it by remembering the things the Lord has done. Yes, I will remember the powerful works of long ago. I will think of all your work and keep in mind all the great things you have done. Listen, I will remember, I will remember, I will think, I will keep in mind. You know, those verses tell me we're in charge of what we think about. Whatever is true, honest, just, pure, lovely, and of good report, if there's any virtue and any praise, think on these things. Philippians 4.8. This is what being thankful does. We choose to remember the good things that God has done, and we remember to thank him, and we start thanking him for those good things that he's done. You focus on the good, all right? And then last, being thankful is how we practice the presence of God in our lives. How many of you love it when you sense the Spirit of God all around you and in you? When that anointing of God is just on you and you sense his peace and, and his strength and his... Listen, there's nothing like the peace of God. There's nothing like fellowshipping with God in your heart. Amen? There's nothing like the, the presence of the Holy Ghost. I love the presence of the Holy Ghost. That's what I think hell is going to be. Hell is going to be total absence of God. But heaven is going to be total 100% overflowing presence of God. Just what we experienced during worship a little, just a few minutes ago is just a teeny tiny scintilla of a taste of what is coming when we get to heaven. Glory to God. And so David said, enter his gates with thanksgiving and enter his courts with praise. Give thanks to him. Bless his name. And then Psalms 22, 3, he inhabits the praise of his people. So when you're a thankful person, in your car, at home, wherever you are, if you're thankful, if you're thinking to thank, if you're remembering what the Lord has done, and, and you're training yourself to be more thankful, you're going to be experiencing more of his presence, more of his joy, more of his peace. And that's what practicing the presence of God is all about. It's what walking with God. Be being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So how many of you are thankful for Thanksgiving? Thank God we can thank God. Amen. Thank God we can thank God. So let's stand up together and we're going to just come into the Lord's presence as they come now with the elements and we're, they're going to be passing the elements up and down the aisle. And as we prepare our hearts now, the Bible says that we are to do this worthily, not unworthily, with our hearts clear and forgiving those who have hurt us.
Because whatever somebody did to you and me, it can't hold a candle to what our sin did to God. And God forgave us. Totally. And so we're to forgive one another. Let's go into his presence right now. And Lord, we just thank you in Jesus' name for the presence of God. We thank you, Lord, for the power of thanksgiving. How it reminds us that what we have has come from you. How, Lord, it helps us to experience your presence all the time. How it helps us to balance out the troubles in our life with the blessings of our life. And so, Lord, we give thanks to you. And, Lord, we ask you right now to forgive us of every sin. Wash us of all unrighteousness. Lord, we make many mistakes every day in our thoughts, in our words, in our actions. Lord, we ask you to forgive us for any sinful thought, word, or action. And if we've harbored any kind of a grudge, unforgiveness, bitterness towards anybody, we forgive them, we release them for Jesus' sake. And I want you to take a minute and just say, Lord, show me if there's anything I need to put under the blood. Show me, and I will do it. As we worship right now. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ, His Son. And now that the weak say I am strong, let the poor say I am rich, because of what the Lord has done. Let's just say, can we be thankful that we're saved? Thankful that we're saved. Thank God we're saved. Amazing grace. Amen. The Bible says that when Jesus got with his disciples at the very first Lord's Supper, when he initiated this observance, it says he took the bread and he broke it. And he said, I want you to take and eat this because this is my body broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, this is not literally his body. It's a symbol. And, but it's a symbol of what he did. He took that whip across his back, ripped his back to shreds, cat of nine tails. He said in the Bible, amazingly, in God's amazing way, with those stripes across his back, we were made whole. How can it be? But that's what the Bible says. We were made whole because he took 
those stripes. So let's hold it up and just say, Jesus, thank you. I receive your healing, body, soul, and spirit. And I thank you in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Now, if you need healing tonight, lift up that free hand and just say, Lord, I receive the touch of the Spirit of God. I receive the touch of the Spirit of God. And healing not just in body, but in your mind, in your heart, in your soul. The soul can bleed just like the body. The mind can hurt just like the body. Lord, thank you for the healing of God. We receive it right now. We receive it right now. In the same manner, after supper, he took the cup saying, this cup is the new covenant written in the ink of my blood. Do this in remembrance of me. How many of you are so thankful for the blood of the Lamb? Amen. Amen. Thank God for a clear conscience. Thank God for peace with God because we made peace uh, with God. Now we have the peace of God. Now, Lord, we just thank you for the blood. We praise you for your shed blood. Can we say thank you for the blood? Jesus, I receive its cleansing. In your mighty name, amen. Give thanks with a grateful heart. Give thanks to the Holy One. Give thanks because He's given Jesus Christ His Son.